The Cincinnati Reds trade deadline plan is in full effect as the deadline nears next Monday or Tuesday. I forget which day it is. But we will give you our thoughts on what the Reds deadline plan is on today's bonus episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making this live bonus edition of Locked On Reds your second listen of the day. And thanks for always making us your first listen on every other day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms we are your team every day i'm steve offenbaker he is jeff de la car apparently uh and we are diehard baseball fans we have a passion for the cincinnati reds we have taken our love of the game our passion for baseball and we have turned that passion into information for you on today's podcast everydayers we're gonna dig in to the fallout i guess from the lucas giolito trade going down uh, with the angels we're gonna talk about how that impacts the reds we're going to try and project where Nick crawl may go from here. And of course, we're going to spend a whole lot of time taking your questions and comments in the comment section right here on YouTube uh, for the folks catching this later in the audio feed. As always, you will get it all maybe split up into two episodes, but it'll all be in the feed for you as well. All right, Jeff, let's dig into this thing because uh, the angels went a whole different direction. Uh, we've been yeah. speculating for months now. Uh, Shohei Otani is finding a new home they're gonna blow it up they're gonna scrap it they're gonna start over and instead they kind of are going for it yeah in the span of what i believe was three hours they announced that they were not trading shohei otani and then they traded for lucas giolito from the white Sox. they also got reynaldo lopez a uh, right-handed relief pitcher from chicago that a couple of folks are, are kind of bullish on said that he was uh, getting unlucky some of his stats don't quite tell the whole story but for that the angels sent uh catching prospect edgar cuero and they sent left-handed pitching prospect kai bush to the chicago white Sox. where some folks are kind of differing on their opinions of the trade they believe that the two prospects together is an overpay for giolito and kai bush I believe, and, and our Lockdown Angels guys can speak more to this, I believe that whatever the cost is, if you can convince Shohei Otani to stay in Anaheim, then I don't think there's a, a prospect cost I wouldn't pay. But besides all of that, they, they have you covered on Lockdown Angels with all that good stuff. But if we are to compare that to what the Reds would trade, and I'm basing this off of Baseball America rankings right now, then... I would wonder if you would do it. I would wonder if uh, the folks in the comment section here today would do it because according to Baseball America, Edgar Cuero was a top 100 prospect. He was number 84 on their midseason rankings. That would put him right next to Christian Encarnacion Strand. And then Kai Bush, he's outside the top 100, but he was the Angels' number three uh, pitcher in their or, or number three prospect in their organization just outside the top 100 that means 
that you're looking at Connor Phillips. So you would be trading a Reds equivalent of um, a, a pitcher who is highly ranked in the Reds organization, but outside the Baseball America Top 100, you would be trading a position player around the Baseball America like 80 range for the rental of Lucas Giolito. His contract is up at the end of the year and the rental of Reynaldo Lopez. What are your thoughts on whether the Reds should have done that deal? Absolutely not. There is not a scenario in the world where I would be on board with this. Uh, again, I, I think that Nick Crawl has the opportunity to go and get guys and make trades, but that's not the trade. That's that's not when we talk about dealing from depth and and bringing back pitching in return. You're not trading away a Connor Phillips that right now is mowing down two different levels of minor league yeah. baseball and appears ready to be a major league pitcher. You're not trading that guy away for a rental. I mean, you might as well just call up Connor Phillips uh, on the other side of that CES trading him away. He's going to be hitting for power for a long time. Uh, and again, that's not the type of player you move for a rental. If you're, if you're going to move players that are still in the minor leagues, I would have heartburn with trading no LV Marte, but that's the guy you move. Um, I would have less heartburn if they package some guys together with, say, a Reese Hines and combine that with uh, a couple other dudes for, again, what would be a fourth or fifth starter and some bullpen help. Uh, that's where the Reds should be looking. At this point, you're not looking for a guy that could be slotted in as a number two or a number three. The, the price is too high there, Jeff. Yeah, that, that price, when I saw it go down. So I'm not saying it's an overpay for the Angels because I believe that their motivations are completely different than the Reds. The Reds are just opening up their, their window of contention. The Angels are doing their darndest to convince that Shohei Otani should stay in Anaheim. So there's a price there, a price difference there. And, and honestly, too, as apples to apples as I try to make this comparison, I don't even necessarily know that that's fair because the Reds farm system is so much better than the Angels farm system. And it's very possible that the deal is not apples to apples like I'm setting it up. But even still, if you're telling me that we have to give up a not only top organizational prospect, but a top 100 prospect for a rental pitcher that would slot in in the two or three range. Yeah, I'm completely out on that. Let's go back to talking about like Lance Lynn and, and guys like that. We've got some questions about like specific targets that we'll get into here in a little bit from our subtexters. Um, but I wanted to kind of continue this, this look real fast because Giolito was a guy that was on the Reds radar. I don't necessarily know that I saw any specific tweets or mentions that yes, the Reds had called on Lucas Giolito, but there were mentions that the Reds have called the White Sox about pitching and who is available. So I'm sure he came up in the conversation between Nick Crawl and um, Rick Hahn. So when you, when you think about this, there was a quote that Nick crawl had before the Brewers series where he said, yeah, there's nothing out there right now because every, everyone's price is just so high. It's really, it's kind of price gouging the market right now. So I think what Nick crawl is saying here is that if we see some deals and, and, and I thought about this last night, whenever the news was announced, it was like 1030 at night, almost 11, whenever the news was announced of the trade. But I, I thought of this and I said, okay, whatever we see right now in this next like day or two period probably are the trades that Nick crawled wanted no part of. No, absolutely. I think, you know, I was talking with uh, Paul Keels about this just a little while ago, Jeff, when we could see a potential deal and what makes so the most sense to me in my mind is 
for Nick Carl to wait to the very last minute. The whatever deal the Reds are going to make will come ten minutes before the trade deadline, when a team is getting desperate, hasn't found a trade partner, has somebody they want to move so that they don't just let them walk, or they need to cut some payroll. Uh, it'll be then. It'll be right at that last second where. Nick Craw can do that Nick Craw thing and 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 maybe you know get a get a discount, get a deal, you know, you know, get a two for one, as they say. Shopping at TJ Maxx, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that, that that's something I think that's how that plays out. That's something that I think that the Reds should be honed in on. And I think Nick Craw knows this. And this is where we come back to what we have said multiple times, basically ever since last year. We trust Nick Craw. Like the move that he's going to make is going to be the right move. It's not going to be something that you kind of squint at. Like uh, the Reds aren't going to go find the 2023 version of Gary Majeski, Bill Bray, and um, and I'm blanking on the shortstop's name uh, with that stupid Nationals trade where they sent Felipe Lopez and Austin Kearns to uh, Washington. It's not going to be one of those trades. It's not going to be the Frank Robinson from El Papas. We're not going to be talking about a bad trade. Nick Crawl. I I am under the impression, and I know that he's only had a couple of years under the belt under his belt with with the trading. I don't think Nick Crawl makes a bad trade, and I don't think that we will see him make a bad trade this year. So I I believe that whatever he ends up doing, it's going to be something that we sit back and we go, "How about that? I like that deal. I like it a lot." My little tribute there to Paul Keels is getting some reaction over in the chat server. You know, Paul Keels is, has been really good to us. We, we love that guy. And yes, OH, baby, OH. Uh, but I want to sidetrack this into a Buckeye talk because Jeff will be sad. But let's, let's stick with the Reds here. Uh, Jeff, as we progress closer and closer to this trade deadline, the the conversation becomes basically two parts. It's less about who can the Reds target and more about should the Reds target anybody? There's two camps. It's it's pretty evenly split amongst Reds country. People wanting them to make a trade versus people wanting them to stand pat. Where do you land on this stand pat conversation? Are you going to be? Let me wait. Let me rephrase this for you. Will you be? Will you be upset, angry, disappointed? How will you feel? If Nick Crawl does nothing, if he can't find a reasonable trade partner and the Reds just have to roll with what they've got. I like that question. And I'm going to answer that question coming up next. We've got a lot of questions coming in. We've got some uh, questions from subtext. We've got some thoughts that we're going to jump into, including, yes, will I be okay if they stand pat? But also, um, what could the Reds look at if they're looking at anything? What, what, what's the cost going to be? That's coming up next. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Ibotta. Finally taking that summer vacation that you've been planning, but dreading buying all of the necessities before you take off, it's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return. Enter Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure that you're beating inflation matter what you're purchasing either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back it's that easy the average ibotta user earns 120 dollars a year that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip or you could use that cash back to buy the flight that you've been eyeing that game you're dying to go to or that fancy dinner that you've been craving other apps give you points and don't amount to much with ibotta you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account. 
PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and realtors, uh, real re retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta. Just use the code MLB whenever you register. So go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB. Jeff, before you jump into the next thing, we have some breaking news here on a live Thursday show. Uh, not Reds related, but division related. The Milwaukee Brewers are acquiring Carlos Santana from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, that deal is being reported right now across all major Interesting. Uh, in division trade, huh? Yeah, in division trade for a bit of a power bat. Yeah, a bit of a power bat. I think Carlos Santana was a power hitter three years ago. I, I think he's a so, he's got solid plate discipline. He'll get on base. It's funny because our, our our pal Chuck Freeman over at Locked On Brewers, who, if you saw Ben Lively's post game interview, was actually in the shot, standing behind Ben Lively, asking questions. Um, he was uh, of the impression, and he has been of the impression all year long, that the biggest need the Brewers have is a cleanup hitter. I don't know that Carlos Santana gets that done, though. Looks like going back to Pittsburgh in the deal is 18-year-old shortstop Johnny. Uh, I lost it just now. Sorry, Jeff. Servino? Severino? Severino. Johnny Severino. 18-year-old shortstop going back to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, not a not a needle mover for you then? No, and and, and the uh, it's it's interesting because we were talking about this yesterday before we get back to our trade discussion is that um the Brewers aren't good. Like I mean they're 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 over 500 but they well, aren't that great against teams not named the Cincinnati Reds. Like they I think they have a negative run differential against all other teams by like negative 21. So we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe Carlos Santana does help them out, but I don't think that's the cleanup hitter. Like, I mean, who's better between Carlos Santana and Riley Tellez? Like, I think they're kind of the same guy. It's just Riley Tellez is hurt right now. So I, I'm not I'm not that worried about that. I, I think at the end of the day, and we'll talk more about the Brewers later, but at the end of the day, I think that's going to work itself out. The whole will the Reds play the Brewers in the playoffs thing? I don't think it's going to be that bad. Let's get back to the fun stuff. Let's let's talk about. We'll we'll say we'll make sure we we get you know some nice uh, beverage or something before we start talking about the Brewers again. Uh, let's go back to the trade deadline because you asked me whether I would be upset if the Reds stand pat, and the answer is no because I trust that Nick crawl just was not able to find anything. And I don't think he's going to force this. I don't think he's going to be on the phone with somebody at five 59 PM on August 1st. And he hasn't made a trade yet. And somebody's just like, we want you to send the wealthy Marte and we'll send you our middle reliever. He's not going to be goaded into making a bad trade. And I, I think that that is where the trust really falls. Like, I think we're all, we're all, under the assumption that we trust Nick crawl to make the right trade, but how much do you trust him if he makes no trade? And I still trust him the same amount. So this is how I kind of equate it. I know that you and I both spent a lot of time talking about David bell over the years and how we felt like sometimes he managed in a way where 
it seemed like he felt like he just had to do something and it didn't matter if it was going to work or not. He just had to do a thing. And I don't want that same philosophy from Nick Crow. I don't want him to feel like he has to go out and get a player just because he feels like he has to go out and get a player to keep the fans happy or keep the narrative moving in a certain direction. Uh, for me, if there's a if there's a good deal, if there's a right deal, I'm with you. I trust Nick Crawl to get the right deal and to make a good deal for the Reds. If he doesn't go out and get somebody, if if this is just the team we have to roll with, well, this team, playing everybody but Milwaukee, has been nearly 20 games over 500. Uh, that's not a bad team. And that is a team that's had a wounded pitching staff. That is a team that has abused its bullpen. That is a team that's made a lot of adjustments on the fly with its roster. And, and, and that's a team that still managed to be almost 20 games over 500. They've solidified a little bit. The lineup is fairly stable now. The pitching, uh, both starting and relief pitching, has been f- pretty consistent uh, with a, a few blips along the way, but has been pretty consistent. That team could do better than that over the next stretch of baseball. So then you factor in that Hunter Green's coming in about two weeks, maybe three. Nick Lodolo's coming in probably about a month, maybe five to six weeks, but we'll be back in the regular season. Those are all upgrades that are going to make them even better than that. So is it the end of the world if they if they don't get a deal done by August 1st? I don't think so. I really would like to see some bullpen help at the very least brought in to just help augment what Alexis Diaz is trying to do because I am worried about him just running out of juice by the end of the season. So I'd like to see that. But as far as a starter goes, as far as somebody for the rotation, I it, it wouldn't hurt my feelings completely if they don't get somebody. And, and I still say that I think Connor Phillips is going to be uh, a guy you could plug into this rotation anytime now and, mm. and upgrade over a Luke Weaver. So for me, there's pieces and parts in place that Nick crawl doesn't necessarily have to act. And, and I would, I would be okay if they did nothing, uh, but would still, I, I, I put the little asterisk there cause I really would like a bullpen move. Yeah, I think, and I think they could do that. Like I've been watching what the Braves have been doing the last couple of days. They've added a lot of different uh, bullpen arms to not necessarily rebuild their bullpen, but definitely fill more than I think they've gotten like three relievers at this point now. Um, so definitely filling uh, multiple holes there with some trades that if you'd have told me with the prospect's name, I wouldn't have known who it was. It was like way down in their prospect rankings thing. And, and the rankings aren't end-all, be-all type deals to let you know if a team was an overpayer or not. But I think that the, the Braves are showing the Reds that, you know, you could go make a couple of trades. I will say this. Kudos to uh, Nick Crawl not going out and getting Heath Hembry. I know he was available like a month ago. I know you, you believe that I'm like all about Heath Hembry, like you're all about Hunter Strickland, but uh, that's not the case. So, um, oh, sorry, Jeff Hoffman. Yeah, wrong, 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 bad Reds reliever. Um, but but I, I, I haven't seen that annoying, like, oh, we're going to go get this dude that just gave up 12 home runs in three days. Uh, and, and put him in our bullpen, and he's going to be better. Like, they're, they're not trying to do that. I think that there are a couple of guys in the current bullpen they could probably move on from and upgrade um, and, and find upgrades for. But ultimately, I'm with you. I, I, I think that if they stay in pat, that means that was the right move. I think Nick Crawl 
knows how to do that. However, let, let's talk about something like if they do make a move and I, I our first question of the day is going to come from subtext. By the way, if you want to join subtext, you can join me uh, by texting I'm into 513-597-0944 or you can uh, follow the link in the description below. You'll be the first to get Red's news and information. You can be that dude in your friend group that everybody's just like, oh, yeah, he knows he knows what's up with the Reds. Um, our first question here today comes from Billy Drysdale. He says, two-parter. It's the elephant in the room. Who's the best starter with some team control left in this market, and what will it cost? The price tag on these pitchers is inflated now. How does Crawl make this work for us? Could landing a good number two to three starter allow us to put Ben Lively into the bullpen to eat innings? Uh, appreciate you, Billy, for asking us this question. I, we touched a little bit on the two to three starter idea, and I think that, and I saw a report yesterday that he's probably not available, but I think the best starter who theoretically could be available is Dylan Cease. The problem with that is whether you look at baseballtradevalues.com, whether you talk about any, or you ask anybody who covers baseball, he's going to cost a lot. Like, for instance, I looked this up the other day. Jonathan India's value, and, and they do it in millions on the Baseball Trade Values website. Jonathan India's value in a trade is $17 million. Dylan Cease's value in a trade is $51 million. That means that Jonathan India doesn't really even bring Rick Hahn to the table. For the White Sox. So if that is what you got to start with, that means you've got to add something pretty substantial. And I think that probably prices the Reds out of the top end pitchers. The only ones that I could really think of is like maybe the Mets eat money on a Verlander or Scherzer, but they have a lot of other guys they can trade before they have to trade those two guys as well. So it's it's very interesting to me because I think that if you're looking for the biggest needle mover pitcher that has team control, we saw it right there with the rental of Lucas Giolito. If you're looking for team control, you're probably talking about Noel Marte and Edwin Arroyo, basically the trade that the Mariners made for Luis Castillo. Exactly. And that was just the point that I was going to make Jeff uh, a two to three starter. It, it's just, I don't see it being reasonable or uh, something we should even really have an eye on because as as expensive as the trade market was last year remember that tyler malley brought us uh you know ces and uh back in a deal uh this trade market is more inflated than that trade market was for pitching there were more pitchers available last year than there Mm -hmm. are this year so for me it's 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 just i want look I want the Reds to make the postseason, guys. I'm with you. I want them in the playoffs, but I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to to buy into a blow up Nick Cross plan to do it. And mm-hmm. any type of trade for anybody of significant long team control, not even long team control, short team control, anybody with team control remaining is going to cost to the point where it's going to derail the plan. And I, I think it makes much more sense to just find a bridge guy, uh, bolster the bullpen, and wait for Green and Lodolo. That's I think that's the answer. I agree with that, and I think that they're they're just more likely. And I've been banging this drum for like a month now, and I I'm probably going to end up being wrong because I saw a rumor that the Rays are in on him. But go get Lance Lynn. Like he should not cost a top prospect type player. He's having a down year. He's on an expiring deal and he's a veteran pitcher that 
I don't, maybe the most you're going to sign him for an extension would be one more year. So I think that that's the kind of guy that the Reds should be looking at, or a Zach Greinke from Kansas City, or and, and especially now with that amazing uh, Joey Votto interview with Chris Russo, who I'm not not a big fan of Chris Russo, but. I don't know if you saw that, Steve, but uh, Joey Votto uh, shouting at Mad Dog and uh, calling him out for being a coastal elitist when it comes to baseball and how he, he doesn't think that neither Joey nor Zach Greinke deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe that's Joey's like subtle way of saying, go get Zach Greinke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's how that was that was pointing out. All right, look, let's let's do this, Jeff. Let's get into the comment section and start taking some uh, questions and comments. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know what? Let's reset. Let's do this. We're going to get into your questions and comments, so don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to get to that right after this. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen, folks. We'll be back in your podcast feed tomorrow with a regular Friday episode, getting you set for this Dodger series opening out on the left coast. You know, the Reds, they continue to struggle on West Coast trips throughout their history uh, for the most part, and I'm hoping this one is a little bit different. If you can't watch the game on TV, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search the word reds all right jeff it's question and comment time it's my favorite part of these lives let's do it uh i want to start with this uh it was way back in the the chat section while we were talking i'm not going to go dig for it but it was in response to the brewers making an in-division trade uh we saw them send uh we saw them get santana from the pirates pirates getting a young shortstop in return where do you land on in-division trades? And I ask because the Cardinals are clearly having a bad year. And do you go to St. Louis and try and put a deal together to, to bring somebody in? Because for me, it's a hard, fast no, because whatever we would be sending back to the Cardinals for anybody of significant talent would haunt us for years. I think no. I I, I, I don't know that it's a hard and fast no, because the the – kind of the philosophy behind trading prospects for established talent just leads you to believe, okay, the trade that you're making, sure. Let, let's see what the, the talent that you're getting back. And like, I don't know, man, like if the Reds could get Jack Flaherty, although Jack Flaherty is right there in that Dylan C. So I think his, he is a, on an expiring deal, but he would still require a top 100 prospect. But if you could get a Jack Flaherty back and if Jack Flaherty could be healthy, that's the biggest question then there's a chance that whatever you send to St. Louis isn't as good as Jack Flaherty. The problem becomes if it's more like a, you know, a rental, like if you're looking at a bullpen arm from there or something like that, and it's a one year guy, then there's a chance that you might in the long run lose that deal. And the last team that I want to lose a deal to is an in division team. The last, last, last team that I want to lose a deal to is the St. Louis Cardinals. So, I just, I kind of feel like they're off the table. Like I'm always surprised whenever the pirates make an in, in division trade, like it makes me think the pirates just don't really care, which there's a lot that makes me think that the pirates don't really care. And that's just one of the many things, but I, I could not see the reds making a deal with the Cardinals right now. Yeah. I, I've always felt that trades in division are a, a bad idea. And 
just because you know and greg i agree never trade in division it just it feels to me like you're setting yourself up to be tortured for for years down the road when that guy hits for the other team and you think about what might have been like even if you and i still i i think back to um like travis wood when the reds sent him to chicago for sean marshall um we know who won that trade <laughs> the reds clearly lost that trade because sean marshall wasn't anything and i just i couldn't because i was thinking about this the other day they're talking about you know maybe marcus stroman is available and i'm like Oof, he has been good this year but it's just it, it'd be too much like marcus stroman would easily cost noel v Marte, maybe like one of uh, Chase Petty or uh, Lion Richardson or something like that, and then maybe somebody else on top of that as well. So I, I could not see the Reds trading in division for that. All right, that's going to do it. Before we get out of here, don't forget, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. This has been great, Jeff. I love Absolutely. these lives. The, the comment section, I got to tell you, when we started doing these lives, the comment section went by at a leisurely pace. We could address each and every one of the comments, uh, spend time talking, and it was just it was just very intimate and very, you know, very small social <laughs> gathering. And now it's like we're having very a party. Happy. It's a rager every time we go happy live. To see I love around. it. It's so yeah. much fun. Thank you guys so much for being here and joining us live. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to all the things. Hit the like button down there. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Sign up for the Discord. It's in the it's in the description of the show. Hit Jeff up on subtext. We're everywhere. We'll talk to you on Twitter. Jeff, get us out of here. Thanks so much for joining us here on this special live bonus edition tomorrow. We're going to get you ready for the Dodgers series and continue speculating about trade deadline things. Maybe the Reds will have made a trade by then. Who knows? Probably not, but maybe uh, that'll be all in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Reds. Thanks as always for joining us. We look forward to seeing you here tomorrow because we are locked on Reds every single day.